Yeah, praise the Lord. That was awesome. Thank y'all. Let's give it one more time to the praise team this morning. How about it? Heavier than it looks. Well, good morning once again. Our scripture this morning comes from Luke, the 10th chapter. We're going to be in verses 1 through 9, and then we'll come back and do 17 in a little bit. Please hear the reading of the gospel. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out ahead of him two by two. In every town and place he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter first, Say, peace be on this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves their wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to him, them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Please pray with me. God, we are thankful for your word. We ask that you would open us this morning and open our hearts and minds for what you would have to say today, Lord. And let my words be of you, O God. Amen. So picture this. Jesus had been through a lot of ups and downs as of late when we catch up with him in, in our story. And they went something like this. A big up was the feeding of the 5,000. A big low was having to break it to the 12 disciples that he would suffer and die. A big high was Peter confessing Jesus as Messiah. The low was telling people what it would cost to follow him. A big high, a big up, was going up a mountain and being transfigured with his three closest disciples. A low was hearing those same disciples, along with the nine others, argue over who was the greatest. The high was healing several people. A low was being rejected by people. So these were highly emotional times that he had just been through. But several had walked away, but many others had been won for the kingdom of God. So that's what's been going on uh, when we catch up with him. And by this time, Jesus had turned a corner in his ministry and was about to hit the road one last time for Jerusalem and the events of Holy Week. On this journey, Jesus decides to send out 72 of his closest followers out into the towns and the villages which he himself was about to go to. And he sends them out two by two. 
telling them to go and tell people about the gospel and to heal the sick. The mission was simple. He had done this once before. Jesus had done this once before with the 12. He had sent them out in the same way. And it had met with great success. And so he decided to include more of his followers in this work. He sends them, as he sends them, he instructs them to take nothing except the clothes on their back, the sandals on their feet, and the authority that he gives them. Everything else they needed, food, clothing, water, shelter, would be provided for them as they went. As he told them, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. For the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord to send people out. This is a tall order to give to these 72 people to go and preach the gospel while taking nothing with them. My family and I went to Austin this last week for my cousin's wedding. And it felt like we took like half the house with us. Y'all had that happen before when you go, and especially with kids, it's like all of a sudden every toy is their favorite toy, right? And so somehow we have like a chest of toys in our car, not just a few for them to play with. And I mean, we would have taken probably our whole house, but most of the rest of it is, well, not as much as I'd like, but some of it is in boxes for the, our, our move coming up. So we would have taken more, but it was in boxes. Can you imagine, though, going on a trip, going on a vacation, a weekend trip, a road trip, maybe a business trip, a mission trip, a youth camp, whatever it may be, and taking nothing with you? He says, don't even take your wallet, y'all. Don't take luggage. Don't take extra shoes. You girls are like, what? He said, what? He said, take nothing but that which you have on you. Uh, who here has been to a youth camp before or some kind of camp with students or kids or, or these kind of things? Yeah, right? It's great, right? It's a great time. We have fun. The students are awesome. But after a while, they start to stink. And a change of clothes would be nice, right? Who here has been on a mission trip before? Mission trip. Yeah. Fun, right? Great time. You get to do so many things, but after a while, you start to stink. And a change of clothes would be nice, right? My point is, this wasn't an easy ask by Jesus. It was going to take some commitment and sacrifice on the part of this 72 if it was going to be successful. Stepping out in faith and doing what God it's calling you to do isn't always easy, but it is always worth it. Jesus keeps his end of the bargain. The question is, will we keep our end? I love that Jesus doesn't sugarcoat it for the 72, but gives it to him straight when he says, I am sending you as lambs among wolves. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? No? 
I mean, think about that. They go out by twos, right? So two lambs, right? Not full-grown sheep. Two lambs among wolves. And not just a couple wolves or one wolf or five wolves, but packs upon packs of wolves. Two lambs, packs of wolves. And he says, you two lambs are going to go in the midst of the packs of wolves. <laughs> Doesn't that sound crazy? I mean, I would have been like, I'm good. Like, can I just grow a little bit more? Can we go out as a, as like a whole herd? You know, like, that's why, like, shepherding animals like sheep and goats and, and cows and stuff, that's why they stay as a herd. Because if, if they come, the big sheep are on the outside and it's harder to get, and the little ones are on the inside, and maybe they'll get Aunt Shirley rather than me, right? Like, <laughs> survival of the fittest, man. Like, I don't want to get eaten, but he's saying, I'm sending you into the packs of wolves, not just one, many. They were going into many towns and villages. It wasn't just like one place. I would have been like, I'm good with the fact that you will make sure we have clothes, a place to stay, food and water. But come on, man. Two lambs versus several packs of wolves? That means we're going to fail. Or worse, be eaten. But guess what? Knowing the facts of the matter, the 72 proceed anyways. By going where they are sent. I want to tell y'all a story about a hero of mine. When he was a senior in high school, he watched as the horrific events of 9-11 took place. And with it being his senior year in high school, he decides to do something about it. And he signs up to be a Marine. He goes through the necessary training and is deployed immediately. He's sent out to non-combat zones for the first several years. He meets and falls in love with the love of his life, a fellow Marine herself, and could have spent the rest of his time not going into a combat zone. But this Marine is a hero who decides to step up and volunteers to go to Iraq. He knows the risk involved. He's been there. He's, this is, you know, he goes in in 2002. So really, Iraq had just started. I mean, it was, it was early on. So he knows the risk involved. He knows what it's going to take to go there. But he can't shake those images of 9-11 that made him want to serve. So off this hero went, sent like the 72 as a lamb among the wolves that he battled against. 
this story I want to tell you has a happy ending. As this Marine comes home and he actually got to talk to his little brother most nights while he was over in Iraq. You may be wondering why I know all this. Well, it's because that this hero, this man who served this country so well, is my brother, Jake. Jake and I have always been close, but the day that he signed up to be a Marine, he became a hero of mine. And he remains that for all that he did, for all that he did by volunteering and going over there and stepping up when others were stepping down. Like my brother, the 72 knew the risk and dangers involved, but decided to go anyways. And here's what happened after they did this. We'll be in verse 17 here. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Can you imagine? He didn't ask him to do this. What does he tell him to do? He says, go and heal the sick. Go and be with those who can't afford a doctor. Doctors were very expensive at the time, and most of the time doctors didn't work. They didn't have the medical science that we have today. They didn't know most of the time what they were doing. So they would spend all their money and then still not be healed sometimes if they had money. But the poor and working class people usually couldn't afford doctors back then. So he tells them, hey, go and meet these practical needs these people have and heal them of their sicknesses. And he tells them what else? He says, go and proclaim the gospel. Tell them the good news of a God who loves them so desperately that he came down in the person of Jesus Christ. But as they're there, they start praying for people who are demon-possessed. And they pray so hard, they pray so much that God sends the demons out, exercises those demons. I mean, these were regular people, y'all, with regular jobs, with regular clothes, who used the most modern form of transportation at the time, walking with their feet, right? There was nothing, by all accounts, there was nothing special about them. The thing that made it, them special was they went where they were sent. Let me say that again. They went where they were sent. And as they did, they did and saw amazing things happen. They saw the power of Jesus Christ to change lives, to change eternity for people both here and after. So being sent out is important. Going where we are sent is important. In about a month from today, I'm going to be sent out myself. 
Today is one of the many lasts that we get to share together. As today is my last time to preach on Sunday morning here at Wesley. It's not my last Sunday, it's just my last Sunday to preach. Thank you for giving me the honor of not only being able to preach for y'all these last two years, but also in having the pleasure of being your associate pastor. Sorry, I, I don't want to cry, so I'm going to like read it a little bit, sorry. <laughs> I've had a blast, thanks. Oh man, stop it. Oh. I've had a blast getting to know y'all, living life, practicing our faith together, growing together. We have gone through some ups and downs just like Jesus had with his disciples, right? One word, Harvey. <laughs> but I will be heading out believing that we've had more ups than downs and knowing that I will be ever grateful for my time here at Wesley. The amazing thing about being a Methodist, and I have many things that I love about being Methodist, but one of the things that I enjoy the most is that we believe highly in the fact that we are connected with each other. Especially as we worship on Sunday mornings and take communion and practice our faith, whether it be here or throughout the week. So that when we are, wherever we are worshiping, we are connected together. We see that during our normal weeks of we are connected between the three services that we have here on Sunday morning. There's a connection between those three. And there's a connection between what goes on here on Sunday mornings and what goes on on Wednesdays as well. With our new communion and our amazing youth service as well. This also happens across space and time so that while I may be worshiping with those in Bay City starting in July we are still connected through the Holy Spirit and in the common bond of being followers of Jesus my overall view is this that I'm not leaving Wesley but instead I'm being sent out by y'all by Wesley and by Jesus to impact the practical and spiritual needs of those in Bay City and beyond. Thank you for helping me to gain and sharpen the tools of ministry I need for this journey ahead. And for loving on Julie, Josiah, Zeke, and me like we were your kin. For these and more, I will ever be appreciative of my time here. I know what you're thinking. Thanks for the laugh and cry session there, Pastor Wade. Let's just slow on it on down a minute. It's great that the 72 went out. Your brother sounds like an awesome hero, and oh, he is. I'm glad that you're being sent out yourself. But how does this matter? Why does this matter, that is? for my life. Good. I just. The reason is that this going where we are sent thing is important is because Jesus still does this today. It's not just something that he does for those who are pastors, missionaries, ministers, the 12 disciples and the 72 disciples that are in our 
passage today. But for all who follow Jesus, I believe that God is still a God who loves and cares for all people in practical and spiritual ways. Our God is one who sees the practical needs of people on this earth and does something about it by sending Christians to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So too does God see the spiritual needs of humanity and does something about it by sending Christians to be proclaimers of the salvific message, the good news of Jesus Christ. In practice, though practical and spiritual needs seem different, I have found that most often they work together, and it is doing of the one that leads to the other. The normal name for this in the church is usually missions, which means disciples of Jesus Christ seeing the practical and spiritual needs of people and doing something about them. And today, we get to practice what we preach. We do so well at missions here at Wesley. I mean, it's been just amazing. I'm the pastor of missions, so I may be bragging on us a little bit. I probably am. It's okay. It's been great. I mean, (laughs) I, I have rarely seen a church that does as much to impact people here and around the world like Wesley does. But today we get to practice this again as we meet the needs of thousands of lives through the missions activities we're going to get to do. And then we're going to send them out to where they need to go so that they have the most impact. You hear me say nothing today, or I've heard me say nothing throughout my time here at Wesley. Hear me say this. God, the one who created it all and who created you, loves you. Yes, you. If I could point out all of you, I would. Y'all, even you, God loves so much. It blows my mind how much he loves us, y'all. It's why... It's why I love what I do so much, that I get to tell people that. And he wants you to know that. He wants you to know it deeply. Wants you to know of his deep love for you beyond a shadow of a doubt. As we said in the song, there's no shadow he won't light up. No mountain he won't climb up. Coming after us, each of us, whatever is going on, whatever has happened. But I must add to this that you are not the only one that God loves or the only one that the Lord wants to know of his great and unconditional love. Instead, God wants you to do and give all that you can in practical and spiritual ways so that others here and around the world know how much they are loved. When we do this, we are being disciples of Jesus Christ. For a disciple is someone who has moved from being a recipient of the church's mission 
to being responsible for the church's mission. And making this move from recipient to responsible is a move we must make, each of us, if we are going to live into the being gathered and sent out nature of what it means to be a Christian church full of committed followers of Jesus. So let's get to it. Lord, we thank you so much that even we are loved by you. And even we are called and sent out by you. Lord, be with us today as we do these activities and be with the lives of those that will be impacted by this. Lord, we pray this in your name and we thank you that we got to worship you 